It's Tuesday, April 7th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Mann, Portfolio Manager Bill Mann. Back and rested from your trip to Italy. Uh, okay, you're back from Italy. I'm you're back. Not, you're not really rested. Yeah. So, as much as you know, I'm a huge college basketball fan. Yes. I slept through the game last night. That's Did how you really? completely out of sorts I am. So, I've heard. <laughs> I know the outcome. You know. You know. You, you, <laughs> I I would have thought you, now I no. guess yeah when you're traveling from Europe no. and you're coming here yeah I could see that no plus you know as a Carolina guy there was a fifty percent chance I was going to be unhappy so I'd rather be <laughs> you know I'd rather be rested well I'm glad you got some rest so we can <laughs> we can right. do a little bit this is earnings preview part two we'll get to that in a second but I want to start with the deal of the day, and that's FedEx buying TNT Express, which is a European-based package delivery company. FedEx is buying them for $4.8 billion, and FedEx's stock is up 2-3% last time I checked, yeah. which, you know, when you're writing a check for nearly $5 billion and your stock goes up, that strikes me as a bullish sign. But I'm curious if you think that this is something larger than just what it means for FedEx, because there are some people out there on the interwebs and in the financial media saying, this is a sign of the beginning of a European comeback. It's you know, you've been hearing a lot about that. You actually have been seeing a lot of people saying, because the dollar is you know it's so strong, which I think is probably a little bit more of a... Uh, of a rationale than anything else, the fact that the uh, that FedEx feels like they're playing with not funny money, but they're 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 playing with really. It's always good for it's always good for companies if they are trading overvalued assets for undervalued assets, and you know for the dollar to be at this level, and for the European you know, for 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 European stocks in general to be somewhat depressed especially compared to uh to to US uh to US securities that's probably what they were doing and and they are being opportunistic and taking taking out a competitor uh extending some of their uh some of their assets um but I don't know that it really means that hey Europe's on their way back I mean I, you know you you would you would have to assume a lot of about FedEx's abilities as a capital allocator and as a timing agent and I don't think that that company's ever been about timing. And UPS tried to buy TNT Express a couple of years ago for more money than FedEx is shelling out. Yeah. So I'm sure they're a little miffed among other things, but the fact is you look over the last 2 years and to your point the dollar has gotten stronger during that time and yeah. Europe largely has struggled. Yeah. And so on a on a euro basis it's actually um, FedEx is paying more. Oh, okay. So on a dollar basis they are Let's move ahead to Q2, uh, in calendar Q2 in terms of earnings. And uh, I, I'm curious. It's, it's, it's the biggest quarter ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. I'm curious if there is anything in particular you're watching because once we get into, the, and you know this as well as anyone, once you get into the thick of earnings season, it's all about the individual companies and trying to analyze yeah. them. But it's at this point in time, when we're just about to kick it off, that you can take a little bit of a 50,000-foot view. What do you see from your 50,000-foot view? What are you watching, whether it's a company, an industry, or a region of the world? Well, there are a lot of companies in the S&P 500 that, have, uh, that, 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 that are warning, you know, that are saying that, that uh, times have been tough. So, um, 
they, they've been they've been setting expectations. I don't think that the markets really responded to that. Not that necessarily that the market should respond on a quarter by quarter basis, though it tends to do so. I think that the segment that's going to be most interesting this time is going to be energy, specifically the oil and gas sector, and even more specifically the services companies, because rig counts uh, in North America have plummeted. They've plummeted worldwide as a you know as as an outcome of the price of oil plummeting and the price of gas has been depressed for you know for what seems like forever now. So you're really going to begin to see with some of these companies the difference between the quick and the dead because just like every other sector although they are very much geared towards the energy the prices of the commodity itself they also are all managed slightly differently and a lot of these companies have taken on a lot of debt because they didn't see this coming. So I think that that's the segment that's going to be really really fascinating to see what comes out. Is that how so for investors who are looking at this particular industry maybe more so than usual should they be looking at what kind of debt load is this company carrying and also what is the management like particularly in terms of any kind of tenure that they have and also how are they as capital allocators yeah i think that those things i think that those two things are actually super core to the you know to the argument because when it comes right down to it, and people always forget this, they forgot it with gold, they forget it with oil and gas. These are commodities, and commodities have pricing cycles. They always do. So, you know, the thought that oil was going to remain above $100 forever, I, I, I thought it was probably all, always has been fallacious. You don't know when things are coming, but you know that it, it, at some point there will be a cycle. And the companies that have a lot of debt now are the ones, are generally speaking, the ones that have, that have, that have overreached. You know, they might, they might have, uh, you know, they 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 might have really extended your, th- themselves. But just as oil prices have d- dropped down, at some point they will rebound, and there are going to be companies out there that are going to be ready to, uh, you know, to provide those services. And if they are in good financial shape, they're going to make a lot of money. But I don't know when it's going to be. But I do know that, you know, the oil industry isn't collapsing. Is there a company out there? Well, I'm sure there are plenty of companies that really need a hit this quarter. Yeah, seven of them. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and we're going to list all seven. Uh, what's one company that you look at and and think, gosh, I, I know we're long-term investors, but holy cow, do they really need to hit I tell a, you a home what, run? I, you know, the company and 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 hit actually has a number of uh, a number of connotations here, but the company that really really needs to show some uh, you know some 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 real turnaround is dreamworks i think dreamworks has had dreamworks to me people think of it in, in terms of being you know being a movie company i don't really think of it quite that way i think of it as being more a library of characters you know that they can pull out so you've got kung fu panda i don't know 17 coming out you know at some point um, but if you keep if you keep putting out these characters and there isn't a return on the investment, it devalues the asset itself. And so DreamWorks, they've got home out now and it has a you know, Rotten Tomatoes rating of 47, which is not good. That's not good. <laughs> and um, uh, I, I, I think that they're the ones who really need to show. Um, not so much a hit in terms of in, in in terms of revenues, but they need to come out with a plan because what they've done right, you know, up until over the last two years, I would say, has not been you know particularly helpful for 
for their shareholders. Well, and th- the thing I find interesting about DreamWorks is just from the standpoint of headcount, it's not a big company. No. They're, it's not like they're employing thousands and thousands of people. So, yeah. the fact that they, and I look at that and I'm just thinking, well, okay, so are they radically overspending on marketing? It, it, it seems like among, among the things they need to work on beyond just sort of, let's get a better library of characters or let's look to develop that more. It also seems like they need to get their spending under control. Yeah. Well, you know that old saying. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, these media companies are marketing companies. They're marketing driven. And what's that old saw about marketing? You're you're wasting 75 percent of your marketing budget, but you'll never know which 75 percent it is. (laughs) So, yeah, they they need to get smarter about that because you're right. Looking at their actual what they're doing, it's. It defies explanation to me where all that money is going, why these films are requiring so much money to produce. And maybe they just, instead of marketing, maybe they need to hire some story people. I mean, I, I, I think that's really been the issue is that the movies that they've come out with are not compelling. And, you know, I think that's probably, you know, you look at you look at what Disney has had with 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 Frozen. I mean, from a technology standpoint, it wasn't any better. It wasn't any different, but it was sure compelling. Do you think at some point Disney? Do you think they buy DreamWorks, or do you, or do you think that there is someone within Disney who is saying, who is, who is looking at DreamWorks and thinking, you know what? We can make money off of not all of them, huh. but we can make money off of some of these characters. And when we think the price is right, we're going to make them an offer. Huh. You know, I, I, I think the answer is uh, yes, but I don't know that they would buy DreamWorks based on, you know, based on DreamWorks characters. I think that they would buy them based on DreamWorks says, you know, DreamWorks is really pushed to get into into China, you know, and, and Disney is getting ready to open uh, the um, Disney Park in Shanghai, and so I think that having you know have, having having ties in there might make sense. But I mean, for Disney, if you think about it, DreamWorks makes Disney look awesome. Right. Yeah, I mean, in right. some ways, in some ways, having an incompetent competitor is not such a bad thing. I mean, you know, there's a reason that Southwest Airlines didn't go out and buy a bunch of airlines because Southwest, by comparison, was able to say, "Look, we're able to do, we're able to do this, and they can't." So, I mean, I don't know if that's a great answer, but you know, I I I, I, I don't know that Disney really feels like they need to expand their library because theirs is pretty incredible. All right, before I let you go, give me a tip about Italy. And it can be something that's... I haven't taken my family to Italy. I'm sure that if I did, there would be sort of the, the usual places I would look to hit the, you know, in Rome and, and that sort of thing. What's maybe a little, a little under the radar, a little bit of a hidden gem, if you will, about Italy? So, w- w- this was actually my first time uh, having gone to, to, uh, to, to Italy, which is weird because I've been to, you know, Brunei, but uh, I was going to say that actually is, that surprises me. I, <laughs> yeah. I just assumed you'd already been. No, I'd never been. Um, I would say that uh, you know, so we 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 did we basically did the big. We went to Rome and Florence, and we went to Ravenna. But we also, because my son, like his dad, is a geography freak, we went to San Marino, which is the fifth smallest country in the world at twenty three square miles. It's surrounded by Italy, and it's basically a mountain with you know 
and that's basically the entire country. And it was it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. You get to the top and there's castles and it's you know and and so that was that was super great. And I guess now you know mentioning uh, another country besides Italy is sort of cheating, but yeah, it was it was it was beautiful. Kind of like Disney looking at DreamWorks. Do you think Italy's ever looked at San Marino and saying, you know, we should just invade? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, just... when Napoleon when 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 Napoleon invaded Italy, uh, San Marino was neutral, and he said, "Well, you know, if you help us out, we'll give you some more land." And it, and 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 <laughs> San Marino said, "You know what? We're good we're... because <laughs> we're not sure how this is going to go. We don't we don't want to annoy like, anyone. We really don't want Italy bad at us." <laughs> so yeah, I I, I think I mean, San Marino does well by 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 itself. Thanks for being here. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.